The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! shine the light on me and um, we think we can't remember but we think this song was the genesis of why we got back in the studio together that sort of spurred on us to end up having writing 25-30 songs that turned into Help a Stranger I just got too many. I got it. What is this? How did a diaper get on the ceiling? I have no idea how to. How did it get up there? I put it there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I can't. It's up there, and I'm juggling this baby. James, can you put your baby down for five minutes so you can hand me the the bottle over there? Can you just hold on? Let me uh, let me find a, a suitable place to put this baby down. Uh, there's gotta be some, uh, How are we Paul, gonna get to record a podcast tonight With all these babies running around There's too many babies Too many babies uh, There's at least two And that's what I only have two arms We're gonna have to find someone To help, yeah, get out the, to, get, to like help us yeah, out get the, get the yellow pages out This is 1996 Okay, hold on. Get the yellow pages Alright, I gotta find the yellow pages I, I gotta get my baby to find the yellow pages Baby, find the yellow pages we got the yellow pages. <laughs> okay. All right. Look, look, All just right. look under right. uh, under S. S. Yeah. You're gonna want yes. S and maybe. Yes for S. Yes for S and then maybe T. T uh, as in yes. T as in Tom. T as in S T S T. I'm looking. I, I can't. I can't. I, star. The baby's eating guacamole. Star How did the baby wars. get guacamole? <laughs> well, I, Paul, that. Was, I fed it to him. 
Okay, wait, what about that one right there? What about that one? The one that says stranger. Uh, that, it seems dangerous, but I feel like that one might. That one it could help. Uh, has think? Winona Ryder attached to it. I'm not. Winona. Oh, oh you're talking about Stranger. Oh. oh, not not the one right underneath it, Stranger. No, yeah, no, we should. Yeah, we'll we'll call the Stranger. Okay, call the Stranger. Uh, yes, could you get, please I'm gonna call just the Stranger call right now. I'm just I'm stressed out. I got okay. too many babies. I'm taking out my phone with my one free hand, <laughs> and I'm dialing up the Stranger. Yes, hello, is this a stranger? Hey, this is a stranger in all of us. Oh boy, I don't know you at all. That's the best part. Um, will you I'm help? your new nanny. <laughs> wow, you already you already just announced that. You didn't even know how to kid. I'm your new nanny. There's a new, they say there's a nanny in all of us. <laughs> uh, well, you're hired. Help us, Would stranger. Would you like there to be? <laughs> no. God. <laughs> I'm hanging up on the stranger. Stranger danger. <laughs> and scene. Uh, the, my daughter is clutching my shirt for dear life, wondering why daddy has gone insane. Well, he has. That is actually true. She is holding on. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Ellie, I'm going to have to explain this to you. Your dad, you know, every now and then when a dad gets overworked and overburdened and overpodcasted, uh, he... <laughs> He goes a little insane, and it'll be okay. Welcome! We're just going to wheel him off into this <laughs> mental institution. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you, James. Uh, welcome to the Third Men Podcast. This is a Jack White History Podcast. I'm your co-host, Paul Kaminsky. I'm your other co-host, James Kaminsky. And we're all business tonight, James, because we got baby timetables to meet. Oh, yes. Well, my baby is currently asleep. Hey! His bedtime, his bedtime is set in stone, and he's, he's down. I got the baby monitor. Everything's good, but, uh, you know, it's a ticking time bomb. You could wake up at any point. So let's do this thing. <laughs> oh, I slammed the table. Let's do this yeah, thing. So as we mentioned, this is a Jack White History Podcast, and we go over new topics every week, and sometimes it's albums, and sometimes it's TV shows or movies or ancillary acts, or sometimes we interview the famous. And mm. in this episode, James, we're going to be delivering on a promise we made at the end of season three, aren't we? Yeah, it's the pact we made to... Um, it's a blood pact. Yeah, to, uh, blood. yeah, it was oof, too much blood. I don't know if I can go back to that, Paul. I don't know if I can do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are- I don't know if I can go through it. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the promise we made. Man, I hit things all over this table. Oh, you're talking about the promise we made uh, that we were going to do a Help a Stranger episode. Yes. Uh, that's what you're talking that's about. That's the one. Yeah, so we're, we, at the end of season three, said we would come back with a Help a Stranger album analysis and review, and then we just plum didn't. And that's because yep. uh, a bunch of cool things fell in our laps, and we... Babies, mostly. Well, that too. Babies, too. But uh, so, you know, sometimes art imitates life, James. Yeah. Sometimes life imitates art. Yeah. And this baby just imitated a fart on my leg. So we are now going to finally deliver to you the Help Us Stranger analysis and review. We're going to do this one in two parts, because it always takes us two parts to get through these album analyses and reviews. And, mm, and it's piping hot. And it's piping hot, and we're really excited, James. This is a new and Tours album. Yeah. Uh, we've waited 10 years, 11 years, one might say, yeah. for this to happen, and episodes have passed, in which we have said... The Raconteurs are never getting back together. And they did. So yeah. the egg's on our face, I guess. Yeah, we even did an episode called The Lost Raconteurs Album, and then another Raconteurs Album plum happened. 
like two weeks or th- four weeks right after that <laughs> episode too. So, yeah. so we are very excited because we're both big Rack and Tours fans. James, we've talked a little bit this season so far about some of the live iterations of this Help Us Stranger tour that we've seen, but we're going to get into the album today and talk a little bit about the genesis of the album, and we're going to talk a little bit about what led to the album, why the band got back together after so long. We're both really, really excited. But before we get to all that, Paul, there's something we got to stop doing. It's a stop a breaking oh, down. We've been breaking down. Stop breaking down. Stop breaking down. Stop breaking down. Tell the people what a stop breaking down is, James. It's when we get oh yeah, please when we get something wrong on the podcast, and then we correct it in this little segment here called a stop a breaking down. It's a stop a breaking down. Yes, very succinct and to the point. Thank Paul. you. This correction comes from third person in spirit every week, Tam Davis. She writes, "Did we say that Jack had just gotten to know Pokey when Pokey opened for him on the Blunderbuss tour?" In reference to last episode, in which we were talking about Jack's solo opening acts, we mentioned Pokey Lafarge opening up during the Blunderbuss tour, and we had mentioned uh, that Jack was just getting to know Pokey at this point. Tam continues, they'd actually known each other for over a year at that point since Pokey's Blue Series came out in early 2011, and he and the South City Three Boys opened for the Tours in the Blue Room that fall. I think we knew that. I think we were just saying that the timing was such that uh, Jack White was still getting to know Nashville folks and Pokey was still fresh on the scene. Yeah. However, uh, it's it's good clarification yes. to note that Pokey was on the scene for a little longer than uh, we may have let on. Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and mea culpa on that one because I think I'm the one that said that. And and yes, James, that's exactly what I meant. I meant that it was mm. it was fairly fresh at the time that they had, you know, just gotten to know each other. Well, you know, years isn't that long. But by now, it feels like they've known each other for so long. And it, I guess they have, an, almost nearly a decade now. That is what I meant by that. But yes, thank you, Tam, for the clarification. Yes, Jack did know mm-hmm. Pokey uh, more prior to that as well. And I broke down. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't blame you, Paul. I mean, others might, but I don't. Others do, James. <laughs> others do. Tam notes that Luke Winslow King, whom we also mentioned last episode as an opener, was opening during the Blunderbuss tour with his uh, now ex-wife, Esther Rose, who duetted with oh, Jack on What's Done is yeah, Done cool from one. Boarding House Reach. Yes, I was. Yeah. Tam, thank you for bringing that up. I had totally forgotten that that's who did that with Jack on What's Done is Done. And I was really happy to find that link there because I always get a little excited when I find some non-weird boarding house reach link to other Jack White things. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> and there are about to be a few in this episode, actually. When doing the research for Help Us Stranger, there was a couple, like, boarding house reach holdovers. And it even sounded weird hearing Jack on a Tours press tour say the phrase boarding house reach. Yeah. What's done is done. I just can't find it no more So I'm walking downtown to the store And I'm buying a gun This just ain't no fun My life has become a bore Pacing back and forth on the floor Thinking of someone 
Thank you, Tam, for highlighting that little bit of it. And another quick side note, Luke Sinclair, or Luke Me Over Closely, has mentioned that we skipped over Tyler Childers. Ah, yes. I believe we mentioned his name, but since my Childers was <laughs> was waking up and beginning to be a bit of a handful during that recording, we kind of just said, and all the rest, yeah. <laughs> in classic Gilligan's Island style. So apologies to anybody who may have wanted a little more information on those particular acts, but we'll get to it in a smell effect at a later date. I'm sorry, Luke Sinclair. That's just what happened. And... We're sorry. It's a, this is an apology as well. We have a whole segment for that. But, you know, we can apologize when we want to. Oh, hey, how about, sure. I'll give you something I won't apologize for. Loving too much. You know, <gasps> well, podcasting too hard. Living that two pod fast to Tokyo lifestyle. Drifting. You know, yeah. pushing it. Pushing I mean, it. Oyster crackers. Other things. To, I'm saying lots of stuff. To everyone out there. My child just pulled one of my headphones out. So I don't even know what James is saying. I'm sorry for whatever Paul's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try my best not to podcast too hard. Uh, I, uh, I think that's been a step breaking down. Yeah. I think we're stopping breaking down. <laughs> This is crazy. This is a crazy one. Some weird energy. Yeah, we got some of that morning energy up in here. We got some morning energy. Well, Paul, now that we got that out of the way, let's say you and I get a little help from our... Stranger. Strangers? They say there's a raconteur inside all of us. Uh, this guy is (laughs) freaking me out. Can we get uh, help... With the stranger. Oh, you loved podcasting since you were five years old when you'd look through the bedroom window at the podcast undressing itself. Oh. Oh, my God. Do you have spider powers? (laughs) No, it's the wrong kit. (laughs) You're looking for the one in Queens. From evil. You guys remember Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. It's got my favorite line in it. Beta. When Uncle Ben's dying and he goes, beta. (laughs) Beta. (laughs) My other favorite line is when Norman Osborn is dying and he goes, oh. Godspeed, Spider-Man. All right, James. What do you say we get into this album analysis and review here? I am so ready to stop talking about Sam Raimi's (laughs) Spider-Man. Yes. James, we'll start here with the genesis of the album, and fortunately for us, there... Phil Collins, <laughs> love it. No jacket required. For this podcast, that's a solo album. I know. Don't write. I got it. <laughs> uh, fortunately for us, the Tours did a lot of press in the run-up to this album, Help Us Stranger, and there were some really great interviews out there. If you're interested in learning more, anything we don't cover on here, the band actually kind of covers in some of these interviews that they do. We should say for our listeners, the Tours are a super group of sorts with Jack White at the helm and Brendan Benson, his songwriting partner, as well as Jack Lawrence and Patrick Keeler of the Greenhorns. And they got together originally in 2005 to record an album that was released in 2006 called Broken Boy Soldiers. 
And that album really took off. It was Jack's first venture outside of the White Stripes. I know people who are listening to this know this stuff, but I feel obliged to say it anyway. And the band got back together after a couple monster songs there in 2008 for a follow-up, Consolers of the Lonely, which we also we covered both of those albums on analyses and review episodes. Mm-hmm. And aside from a couple live gigs in 2011, the band's been kind of quiet. We know there was oh, yes. some other songs kicking around. And we did a whole episode on that, in fact, of like what exactly was kicking around from this band. But so far as people knew, the Tours were never going to record again. In fact, Brendan kind of said as much in an interview at one point in time. I don't know if you remember that, James. I do. I do remember that. Yeah, it was around t- 2014. Brendan actually kind of just came out and said, yeah, it was, it's kind of it's kind of done. They never put out a, a release saying, we broke up, like the White Stripes. Did. Right. Nothing like that. And so we never actually got a breakup or anything like that. And so we were all sort of sitting here wondering what was going to happen. Because in the meantime, Jack had gotten another band together called The Dead Weather. He had released solo albums. A lot happened. Brendan released solo albums. The Greenhorns released another album in that span of time. Patrick Keeler joined the Afghan Wigs. A lot of things were happening, but no tours. And then, lo and behold, last year, we get an announcement that there's going to be a new tours album. And I know, James, you and I were just freaked out. We were like, what is happening here? I think it happened right around the time we were recording our Christmas stocking episode. And that was the end of 2018. It's now 2019. The album's been out. And so do you want to venture a guess as to why the band got together after so many years. Uh, yeah, I'm going to guess that Jack Lawrence left some laundry at Jack's house. Laundry. And had, yeah, and it's had to laundry. go over there to pick up the laundry. Now, laundry. Jack wasn't home at the time, yeah. but Breaking an Patrick ring. Keeler okay. was house-sitting for Jack White at the time. So Jack Lawrence and Patrick Keeler got together at the house. Now Jack, seeing this happen on his ring doorbell camera, uh, called Brendan, who was in the area, to go check out and and make sure uh, that those guys are okay and doing just fine, that his house is fine. Uh, And so Brendan went on over and was, you know, saw Jack and Patrick there and said, uh, you know, what are you guys doing here? And they explained, and, and Brendan said, oh, well, I got my guitar here. Do you guys want to jam? And Jack, wanting to be involved in this, Jack White, that is, flew back from Alaska, Alaska yeah. crab fishing. Uh-huh. He crab was fishing, fishing yeah, for crab. Fishing for crab. I guess that's crabbing. It's not fishing. And went all the way back to Nashville to record the this album. Is, is that right, Paul? Audio. What if I told you, James... What if, James, what if I told you that you were right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I I knew it because I read it in a newspaper. Uh, And I mean that. You may as well be right because the band themselves say they cannot remember (laughs) how they got back together to do another album. That is the official story. Now, I'm about to tell you what they think it was, but they go out of their way to say many times in interviews, we don't even know how this happened. I'm going to take a serious guess real quick. I'm going to guess Shine the Light on Me, the song that was meant for Boarding House Reach, was the instigator for the album. Is that a guess or did you did you know no, that? I'm hip to the Jack White interviews. James is hip. James, you're correct. That is, as far as okay. they know, 
what it is, but they do go out of their way to say many times they don't know how the idea of an album, new album came up necessarily. They don't know who said it to who, et cetera, et cetera. But even though Jack says the band can't figure out exactly why they got together, Jack says via Pandora stories that he brought the song Shine the Light on Me, as you said, a song originally intended for the Boarding House Reach album, to Brendan, thinking it had a Tours vibe. Brendan agreed and shared with Jack a song he had been working on called Only Child. I've been working on the railroad. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Jack's like, they done already wrote that one. <laughs> Jack would later say that this song exchange was likely was likely why the band got together, but went but came up short of saying that that's exactly why. The Raconteurs are back. We're back. The Raconteurs. Back, the Raconteurs. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're actually back on tour. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the record, this is the first one in over a decade, but I, I want to re- uh, stress to everybody, the band never broke up, apparently. No. Now, never how broke that? up. No. Well, no. how is that possible, though? It's, we, a, it's just a fluid being. Yes. <laughs> but you didn't release any music, any records in, in, in a long time. It was strange. We had, we had started, uh, I think, right before you took this show on, wasn't it? We started Third Man Records, and uh, that sort of took me away for a little bit, and he started doing his own solo records some more. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just kind of kept thinking it was going to be next week, next week, and then turned into be 10 years later. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, and how did you, how did it, why now? Like, why did you just go like, hey, I think it's time. I haven't heard from you in 10 years. Uh, you know, we, yeah, we, we get that question a lot. And we, there's no, like, kind of real spectacular answer to it. But there, there was a moment. Um, you were visited a, by a, aliens. A year. <laughs> yeah. There, well, I, last year, in the middle of last year, I think it was, uh, I came over to Jack's house to hear his solo album that he was working on. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I, I was astounded, first of all. I loved it. And, but he said, I've got this other song called Shine the Light that doesn't seem to fit anywhere on it and mm. sounds kind of more like a raconteur song. So I, yeah. I think that's when it's this, you know... Yeah, that song reminds me a little bit of... Well, let's, about, let's just take a stab at it and record it and see what, it's, see what happens. Uh, and was it just like, just like riding a bike and you went back in? It was like, horrible. Oh, yeah. It was, sounded horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible. I just off. Second take was great. <laughs> In interviews, Jack blames Third Man Records really heating up and the dead weather for the delay of the new record. And while the band didn't really know why they got back together, Jack does the mea culpa on that one. Jack says, hey, I was really busy. Things happened. I didn't plan anything out, but here's how it happened. And I think they're all very happy Mm. that it happened. They seem happy. They seem like it's good buddies coming back. Yeah. I'm excited that the energy's back. Well, here's what I love about this, too, is because... Jack bringing a song to Brendan and Brendan bringing a song to Jack and them co-writing together. That's exactly the genesis of Broken Boy Soldiers. And so I love that the band came full circle right on back to where they started, in a way, with this new album. Seems like it's trying to be a little more poppy and rock and roll-y than Consolers of the Lonely was. Consolers really had a little bit of that country twang that Jack was inserting into some of his solo stuff. And I think it was just because he moved to Nashville, so he was, you know, getting more country and influence, as opposed to Broken Boy Soldiers, which had a distinct pop rock kind of vibe. And now this seems to be getting back into the the rock and roll rooted area. It feels fresh. It feels fresh for the band, and yet it feels like it always belonged. I think you're right. It's, It's... It's backswinging for those pop fences, and as we'll see, in a lot of ways, it's, I don't know, on paper, it's the Tour's most successful album. I think in actuality, with about 14 years between this and Broken Boy Soldiers, 
the music business has changed a great deal, and in actuality, Broken Boy Soldiers was probably the bigger hit. Yeah. But in this case, I think that you could make an argument that this is more successful than consolers. Ticket sales have a lot to do well, with that's, yeah. this current album. And, yeah, but, we'll uh, get into the sales next episode a little bit more. But yeah, this, this album is, spoiler alert, this album is the band's first number one record. And like you say, that's largely attributed to ticket sales. But you know what? That's ticket sales for people who are paying to see the Rack and Tours. It's true. To kind of put it into perspective, though, this album does not have a number one song on well, it. Well, that is true. There's no hit single off of this album, whereas Consolers and especially Broken Boy Soldiers had hit songs yeah. uh, specifically. I don't think the band ever got a number one in the traditional sense. No, but Salute Your Solution was a very popular song and as well as steady as she goes was the song of the summer for a lot of college kids in 2006 right that one was huge i think largely this album is one of jack's more mainstream endeavors and i'm really happy that this group that only ever had two albums out by at the time a couple of guys in their 30s and late 20s you know like it's you know i think that's kind of remarkable like in the same way that paul mccartney and wings having success is remarkable and all these superstar artists who are able to transition their one thing into a successful many things and i think that's what sets jack apart from a lot of other artists today i mean i guess that's why people love dave Grohl so much is because he was able to make it work after nirvana and had this whole other career and that's similarly remarkable but um, obviously, that one was birthed of tragedy, and this one was birthed in joy. Sure. Yeah, I agree. But they both make a joyous noise. So anyway, the racketeers all live in Nashville, except for Patrick Keeler, who lives in Los Angeles, apparently. But they all hang out a lot and run into each other so often that that is one of the reasons why they say they can't really remember how the idea of a new album got started. As Brendan puts it, there's a lot of dinner parties and play dates. Yeah. Why did I think Patrick Keeler lived in Australia? Because Patrick Pantano lives in Australia. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Another Patrick drummer. I can only ever think of one Patrick at a time. It's, <laughs> it's a real problem I have. So that's the genesis of the record. What do you say we get into the recording, James? Yes, let's please do that. So the recording began in the fall of 2018. The band got together at least three times to record around what they said is 15 to 20 songs, according to Jack on the Studio Brussels interview. And by the end, they almost had 30 songs. 30 songs, James. I want to know what these songs that they cut were. Why aren't they B-sides? Can we get some B-sides? I mean, we got I'm Your Puppet, I guess, but can we please release some of those? I guess they could save them for another album, but... Oh, man. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, James. Jack in interviews says that these are unfinished and in places only pieces of songs, but that does leave the door wide open for them to come back and finish these off. Maybe maybe even a fourth album, James. Who knows? I really hope that they do make a return. I really hope that we get a, a fourth album out of this. It would be nice. We also, we only, we, we, we had, we were in the middle of writing over 30 songs while we were working on it. So we, we, we haven't even, we didn't say we weren't 
those songs are not happening. We just didn't finish them. So there, we we could have kept going, but we thought, it's, guys, we got to pick twelve or fourteen of these and, and and concentrate on the ones that are all working together as a unit in a sense. So that, that's what we did. So we just had to take all of our energy off of those other songs. So they're still waiting to be finished. Yeah. yeah so while the origins of this album go back a ways, the album must have come together fairly quickly. It sounds like what happens is either during or shortly after the recording of Boarding House Reads, Jack plays Brendan Shine a Light, and then they both sort of go in their respective corners with an eye toward putting songs aside for the record. Then in October of 2018, you get the announcement that the Tours are back in the studio. That's when that picture came out of all of them standing around the console. Keep in mind, that is during the Boarding House Reach Tour. Jack's Boarding House Reach Tour doesn't end until November of 2018. And so that following December, we get the first two songs from the album released, Sunday Driver and Now That You're Gone. There's not really a huge time span there. The thing must have been recorded either between Boarding House Reach gigs or very shortly after and then on into the new year. The Jack drought lasted a long time, and then we just got an influx of everything all at once. Suddenly he was back. Yeah, and just as productive as ever. Right. The band's sound transformed a lot in the experience gained over those 11 years through each member. Another big change in this album from other Tours albums, although not for Jack, is the introduction of Pro Tools. While Pro Tools may have played some minor role in older Jack projects, Jack was very anti-Pro Tools and the computer. Mm. It was very vocal about that in all sorts of interviews and things over the years. And that was the big 180 from the Boarding House Reach Tours. Him going out and saying, well, I give up. Mm. Pro Tools is actually fine, whatever. Uh, you know, I'm just going to use Pro Tools now. And as many people pointed out to us online, he had used Pro Tools in some capacity over the years. But Boarding House Reach was really the shocker moment where he really just gave up on that ideal in a public way at the very least. And this is the first Rack and Tours album post Pro Tools band lifting. Which shocks almost anyone who knew anything about Jack White. Interesting to note. Yeah, and you can tell that there's some Pro Tools on there. Jack says Pro Tools is excellent for editing and really likes it from a structure standpoint. You can hear it a lot in songs like Now That You're Gone when there's little digital effects on things and stuff, but it sounds like he's mainly utilizing the computer now for the ease of actually layering the otherwise analog instruments and things. So you could make an argument that he's still kind of doing what he was doing, but I think a lot of Jack's, not eccentricities, but artificial barriers toward some sides of technology have been lifted and i don't know do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing james it's an evolution i think everybody needs to do new things in order to be creative i don't think you can do the same old thing over and over and over again and expect to get new products so pro tools is a logical progression i think jack has finally realized that it's a tool instead of you know the be all end all of what music is turning into i'm curious do you think he recorded this stuff analog through tape like through an eight track and then layered it digitally or is he recording it digitally now that is a good question i don't know the answer to that i don't know but i'll look that up james i think that's a, that i'm curious as well i think i was annoyed in the boarding house regera that he lifted the ban so publicly because it did seem a little like hey everybody follow me down this path and then he's like well yeah never mind this this path sucks. <laughs> you know, I'm tired. <laughs> I think me and you were both shocked 
rather than upset that he was doing it. I think we were upset that he told people for so (laughs) long, don't do this. And then he did it and he went, oh, okay. It's kind of like a guy who's complaining about, you know, don't drink alcohol and then tries it once. He's like, oh, never mind. This is great. It's like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I could have been doing this the whole time. Right. I experienced my child's birth for nothing. Don't eat a single Twinkie. They are the devil. Oh, my God. These are delicious. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) That's a big Twinkie. Also, during this press tour, Jack calls out that his style of songwriting with Brendan is Lennon and McCartney-esque. So, James, I think think we got to ring the Beatle Bell. (laughs) We should bring the Beatle Bell back, drag it out of its storage unit in which we kept that and the copy of Ringo's Liverpool 8. <laughs> Should we call our, our stranger to help us uh, get it from the unit? <laughs> they say there's a unit in don't, all of us. Don't. T- no, don't talk about units. <laughs> I could make some extra space for you. It's an absolute unit. It's a real mad On the lab. lap. Because <laughs> I'm a nanny. I hate this character. We do know that Brendan's favorite Beatle is John Lennon, and Jack's favorite Beatle is Paul McCartney, which is the complete inverse of their personality and songwriting styles. It, it yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me at all. Like I don't. Well, it says it makes I, sense from this point of view. How about this? Lennon always writes first person narrative songs about himself, mm-hmm. and McCartney always writes character songs. Very rarely does he turn the introspection in on himself. Okay. Brendan does the same thing. Brendan bears his soul with his songwriting. He talks about himself, and Jack does the same with characters. Jack writes character songs. We all know that those characters are Jack, just like we all know that those characters are McCartney in some way, on some level. But Yeah, Rocky Raccoon was <laughs> a deep introspection. <laughs> All right, it's not a one size fits all. <laughs> Obviously, they're different. But they people. talk a lot. I, get, of I understand the, the characters thing. It's a character. The explanation you're giving makes makes sense. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of fun, there was a lot of fun to be had in the studio. Lots of inside jokes and a joyous, friendly vibe to the recording. They're all relaxed. They're surrounded by people that they know and respect and most importantly can share the load with. So they don't have to shoulder the entire thing. By themselves. Yes. That's one thing Jack talks about. That's one thing Brendan talks about. They both love the fact that they can take a break for a while and be a guitarist. They can take a break for a while and work on a part. They can take a break for a while and not sing every song. And Brendan says that's the only reason that Raconteur's tours can go so long. He realized early on that he only has to sing half the songs. <laughs> that's true. He says that in an interview. And that make I mean... Now I'm thinking back to the two times we saw Brendan Benson solo, and both shows were roughly 45 minutes to an hour. They were short. They were short shows. But, you know, Brendan really booms his voice. He does a lot with his voice, so yeah. I get what he's saying. He's really... And Jack, Jack, too. Yeah. But Jack likes to make things tough on himself, so... You get that vibe seeing it live. You get that vibe hearing the songs. These sound like comfort food songs, not just to us as fans, but to them as musicians. It sounds like everyone's comfy and happy. It does. It's a very relaxed mixture of rock and roll that seems like slipping on an old pair of shoes like it seems like songs we've heard before i think that was in a lot of reviews which i know we'll get to that at a later point but a lot of reviews saw that in an almost negative way that these songs were reminiscent of other rock acts or rock artists to the point where some people were calling it lazy but i think it sounds like they're 
happy and just making good music. I don't think it's lazy. I think they're I think they're having fun and I think they're actually pushing. They're pushing themselves as musicians in the studio, you know, doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, lazy. It it I, that was a worry of mine admittedly when I heard Sunday Driver and now that you're gone originally, Sunday Driver wasn't my favorite when it first came out. I thought it was fine. And then now that you're gone just seemed to me to be a rehash of Many Shades of Black. Now, I think that now that you're gone in Many Shades of Black, stand tall together, actually, and apart, even though they are similar. And I've really changed my mind a lot on Sunday Driver, too. So I think this album had to grow on me a little bit, and I think it had to grow on people a little bit, and I think we all had to reacclimate ourselves to rock and roll after, you know... The current musical landscape, including Jack's solo material, has been deviating from that. Yeah, I, I just wanted to be clear. I was not calling it lazy. I'm recalling some of our tastemakers, which overall, they all had a positive review. But I remember some weird comments that definitely stuck out to me. I'm like, so what? It sounds a little like zeppelin at parts, or it sounds like a little, you know, that's all of Greta Van Fleet's thing. You know, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah now that, <laughs> as good of players or as good of a songwriters, and I'm not... I'm not the biggest fan of the world, but like, well, you know what? I don't want to, I don't want to go start all over Greta Van Fleet, but yeah. So another change with this album is Jack says that this one felt like all four band members producing the album together for the first time. He says that the band really felt in sync and they usually agree to each other's strengths and also agree for when they need to mix things up. Brendan says that they sometimes leave huge chunks of song unfinished or unwritten and wait until inspiration strikes from whoever it strikes, which speaks to the strength of the songwriting collaboration between Jack and Brendan. So I really found that to be kind of nice. I got the vibe that all four guys had their hands on the faders and, you know, they're all mixing it together. And it does feel like a camaraderie, uh, both on stage and on the record. I'm curious when that sort of style of songwriting began, because we got a snippet of that in Consolers of the Lonely with Brendan Benson's What Kind of World. What was the song? You could hear, like, the intro to a song at the tail end of Old Enough, I want to say. And then it wound up being a Brendan Benson solo song. That's right. Were they doing that in past iterations as well, or is this a new-to-this-album sort of thing? Oh, man, I forgot. I totally forgot about that. Man, I gotta go back and listen to our Consolers episode. is that it was recorded at Jack's studio, Jack's home studio in his house. The first time the band recorded, Jack had not established Third Man Records and had not built the studio yet. The Racks never actually recorded there. It was built the year following Consolers of the Lonely. That really does mark a change in sound because the Dead Weather recorded in that studio. Jack recorded his solo efforts in that studio or 
at least some of his solo efforts in that studio. And, uh, you know, all Jack's gear is there, all the stuff he's amassed so far, and it's only five minutes down the street from Third Man Records, and so this is a different environment in which the band is recording. Probably felt a little like The Attic, where the band recorded Broken Boy Soldiers, Brendan's Attic. But they're all writing each other's songs and finishing each other's sandwiches, so... Yes. <laughs> it's got that kind of vibe. Yeah. So anyway, James, we'll get into the aesthetic of the album a little bit here. Yeah, let's do it. So the title of the album, Help Us Stranger, came from Jack's song, Help Me Stranger, but Jack and Brendan both liked singing the line, and they created a plural version to go with the motif created by the other two albums of pluralizing one of the songs on the album to create the title of the album. So we have a very consistent thing where you have the song Broken Boy Soldier, the album Broken Boy Soldiers, the song Consoler of the Lonely, the album Consolers of the Lonely, and the song Help Me Stranger, and the album Help Us Stranger. Very consistent, James. I like consistency, and I think Jack does James too. loves consistency. Some say there's consistency at all. <laughs> hey! I don't know. Um, I mean, well, I think it's uh, open for interpretation. I think it's one of those, um, you know, phrases or uh, that is kind of evocative just I'm not sure what it you know to, I mean I think everyone kind of gets something different from it I mean I hope and I think that's kind of a cool um, thing to do for your album to call your album something that's very you know I don't know relatable some people think it's political some people you know think it's a message about humanity maybe or you know it comes from I woke up at like four in the morning and Brendan was standing over me with a flashlight in my bedroom I don't know how he got in there and he kept saying, help me, stranger, over again. The album cover is a traffic uh, walk and stop signal. The uh, stop signal is turned on its side and green. And James, I know that this was a big one for you when the uh, album was announced and the artwork all came out. You were a little perplexed why green was in the mix. Well, I kind of like it. James, why do you hate the color green? I loathe it. Uh, I mean, green's my favorite color. It's just that it was an odd choice knowing that the Tours general aesthetic lent itself to copper and gray tones for the most part. However, as many people would note on the Little Room and, and other Jack White forums and things, as well as something I realized on my own, I'll just say that, <laughs> that copper, when it oxidizes, becomes green. And so people were like, well, you know what? It makes sense with the copper theme because copper turns green, etc. Oh, when, it, so when it's, it's been fine. out for it a works. while. Okay. Like the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. They're, is that they're, copper? Ex- that is copper, are, yes. Are you sure so about that? Uh, I'm positive about right. that. I'm, uh, it okay. might be bronze. It's not bronze. Copper? It's definitely You feeling copper. good about copper? I'm feeling excellent about copper. That's a weird thing that we did, huh? We got, we, we got a country who's like, hey, listen, listen. I've got this very large statue. Of a lady. I, I don't know what I'm doing with it. What if we put it in New York Harbor? And let it rust. For hot, like, hundred years. Hey, what if we let the dang thing rust? And then that will become iconic. The rust will become iconic. You guys remember the Roman Empire. There was this big statue called Colossus. And, uh, you know... Was lost to the ancient world. You guys are you guys are dicks like that. You'd like that, right? You'd like one of those, except it'll be a lady. You guys like mutants, right? 
do you think, is it a French joke they played on this? <laughs> is there some joke attached to it? Yeah, well, the, the thing is, we were withholding all of the entire world's supply of long cigarettes. <laughs> well, I was digging for comedy there and didn't find any. Um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for rusty gold. The uh, cover was designed by Rob Jones and Patrick Keeler, and I was able to, to uh, congratulate and, and thank Patrick Keeler for the wonderful artwork when I met him at the Amoeba signing. In fact, while they were on tour, they would take pictures of different walk signs, and the Australian one in particular seemed to draw Jack and Brendan's fascination, which we could see on some of their different Instagram posts. In fact, there was even some filming going on, James, right? They did do that, and that became part of the inspiration for using different walk and cross signals for artwork and whatnot they just they had a good time seeing different crossing signals in different nations some of that would be further inspiration for the music video for help us stranger in which they use different walk and run crossing Uh, signs uh in that yes they do they do indeed they never called that a music video they called it a public service announcement (laughs) It's kind of hilarious. Um, so we're actually going to get into some of the release details and things on the next episode. But what do you say we start this here track by track? Yeah, let's start the track by track. James, this album kicks off with a song called Bored and Raised. Ah, yes. Catchy song. Love it. in the door it's nice to get that yeah it's this is a great album opener one of my favorite tracks on the album this is a song that the band was recording as an instrumental just kind of a jammy thing and it was really written in the studio on the first day of recording jack said he had been working on so many other songs he hadn't even considered writing lyrics for this one but patrick keeler insisted that they finished it saying that they had to put this on the album because he loved it so much which is crazy to think of because this song is so good how it could have possibly have been overlooked is beyond me but patrick was right and it belongs there and it's very good after patrick said that jack went off and wrote some temp lyrics that stuck and quote felt detroitish and then brendan wrote the bridge we were getting everything down to our last final tracks that were going out he begged us to please finish this song and i'm really glad he did because what me and Brendan went out and did vocally at that moment was right off the top of our heads, and it really turned into a track that could only go first on the album. The state names that are in there, they mention California, and they also mention Detroit, which is in the great state of Michigan. The location names were both based on the syllables 
in the name, which is uh, interesting because, you know, obviously Detroit, where Jack and Brandon are both from. And then we have California, where Patrick lives now, apparently, and uh, also where Brandon wrote and recorded most of his first debut solo album and lived out there in California for quite a while. So interesting to hear that. Brendan sang California just because it sounded nice, but then added the Detroit thing to sort of balance what better represented the band, a story-ish kind of thing evolved from there. Brendan describes the track as cut and paste. Jack wanted to start the album because it was a cool, loose jam, and Brendan draws a comparison to Consoler of the Lonely, and it was a conscious thing to echo that by opening this album with a similar song, which is also true. It has a similar vibe to the opening tracks between Consoler and Born and Raised. I think this is exactly how you start an album. You have tempo changes, you have a variety of instrumentation, you have booming guitar... There's that funny little missed beat at the top of the intro section that I think is really compelling. It's just a great way to start an album. Agreed. I mean, I think I I mentioned it before. It kicks in the door. This album has an interesting Brendan Jack harmony. On the actual album itself, I think it sounds great. I think in person, the voices, for some reason, don't seem to match up quite right in my ears, at least on the harmonizing portion of this. Uh, Yeah, I could see that. Although I got to tell you, the harmony on this record, I find overall to be very good. Yeah, what I'm hearing is like when... Brendan's going Detroit born and ray and he's raising his voice. I think there was some Pro Tools usage there that may have really changed the inflection or the pitch slightly. You think that they're auto-tuning Brendan? I don't know, man. It's in in concert I Scandal. In concert, I don't hear the same note. I really don't. It could be that it's just the tour, it could be the sound system. It just sounds like a different note. I don't think it's any worse or better. I just think it's a different it, note. It may be naive of me, but I would find that pretty shocking if they did do that. I'm not trying to criticize the man. I think he could sing just as well as ever. I just am hearing a different note in the live stuff. But <laughs> Well, when Brendan comes on the show, inevitably, we will ask him. Regardless of whether that's true or not, Brendan's voice to me hasn't missed a beat and he's pushing 50. You know, we get that soaring harmony that he's known for, and we get the Jack screaming. This is the Raconteur's back. The little vocal mirroring, the guitar riff is uh, is funny. I'm not sure if it's effective, but I find it endearing. I, I'm cool with any guitar riff by the Raconteurs. They want to... S- they could spoon-feed that yeah. to me. It's, it's yeah, all good. I agree. I, I'm also not sure I understand the story, but here's the lyrics, and I figured we could see if we could pick it apart. Uh, With the understanding that there is likely no story in here. Okay. So we have rolling a juke joint box in the corner, trolling myself in the mirror at night. So so it's a guy who's, I guess, getting ready to go out, and he's kidding himself by looking at himself in the mirror, I guess? I guess. I enjoyed the use of the word trolling in a Jack Wolf <laughs> song. That's that's very, that modern Jack creeping right. in, or modern day creeping into this song. Yeah. Uh, then we get grind, uh, keeping an eye on my grindstone future, staying away from the left and the right. Now, I looked up grindstone future to see if that was a thing, and it's not, but it is a beer. So <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I want to try grindstone future now because... So that that's possible. I, I thought maybe it was like the grind, you know, like... It is, uh, probably, because this is a just one beer by some local brewery. Right. I don't think it's that. <laughs> so, so what you have is like... All right, somebody, it's almost like that Bruce Springsteen song when a guy's getting ready to go out and it's like Saturday night and he's all excited or whatever it is, Friday night. And 
I think that's what we have here. I think we have a character who is going to go tear up the tear up the old town there. Perhaps. But it's also like keeping an eye on my grindstone future is like keeping an eye on my career. Okay. Well, maybe he's thinking I am going to be working hard. May as well party hard. Perhaps. He's, he's looking at his career in a different light and he's staying away from the left and the right. So he's trying his best to fall in line in the center this rings political to me but oh yes you know i have no idea that's what i got as well so then we have california born and raised but these days she's living with another so maybe it's not a guy at all it's just it's the lady she's living with another or he it's someone singing about oh uh, this is a post breakup song okay oh i see so he the just... person in the other in the relationship yes. has moved in with somebody else right uh, they used to live in California, I guess, because it went well with the song, according to Brendan. Right. <laughs> so she, so plastic features, perfect faced, what a waste. And I'm still thinking of her. So either the character in the first stanza is the guy who left the girl, or the girl left him, or it's I the girl she, going out. I mean, this is a, we're being very uh, heteronormative in this, but whatever it's our weird interpretation of it i think it's a guy who is talking about an ex-girlfriend who is from california from los angeles specifically at least because the stereotype of plastic features perfect face and all that stuff right who broke up with him and she's now living with somebody else and he is trying to look at the good things in his life or look at other things aside from her in his life like his career and He's looking at himself in the mirror. He's talking himself in the mirror. So he's he's feeling down. Trolling myself in the mirror at night, he's feeling down. Right. Not feeling good, this guy. No. He's saying, like, you're ugly, you're awful, I hate you. And he's pointing at himself. And then he's looking at how awful his career prospects are, because his grindstone future means he's working his ass off. So he's looking at just toiling away, and then he's not, the left and the right things yeah that's the weird part like is it is it like now the more than we're talking about it is it even political like i know the he's he's staying away from one side or the other he's he's kind of in the middle uh between you know the left and the right could be with somebody and without some he's right now he's between phases maybe is it Mm. is it is it him crossing the street and he's looking left and right I mean, sure. I don't know. Laying the cardinal sins on the table, pouring the coffee out on the grounds. Cardinal sins are obviously the the, yeah, the, the seven big, deadly the sun. sins. Yeah. The yeah. Ones, yeah. Um, pouring the coffee out on the grounds. I love that little word play. Then we have changing the losses to wins if I'm able, switching the pitch to an audible sound. I'm starting to think more and more that this is a breakup song or a post-breakup song. Someone just surviving after it. Okay, yeah. Switching. All right, so then we have running the rounds of the mundane soldier, trading the cards and erasing the names, feeling a pounding, insane, colder sounding system feeding the flames. So it's somebody maybe going to a club? See, I... Or maybe this is... Or maybe they're at the juke joint at this point. Maybe they've gone to the juke joint and they're hearing the music in there because that's what i'm getting with this the pitch to an audible sound and i'm getting the hmm. Hmm. sounding system feeding the flames it's them like working it all out maybe okay i could see them listening to music or something something along the lines of the juke joint or just some, like getting the aggression out through different 
music or whatnot. The, now the coffee, I don't know where the hell that's coming from, but to, putting, putting that aside from it, then we go back. Staying up late, maybe. Okay, so then we have, well, I'm Detroit, born and raised, but these days I'm living with another. You tell me she can be replaced, but that's not the case. I'm so lost without her. So she, he's, this character's with another lady and but he's he does, thinking about the old yeah. one still. And she, yeah, okay. Rolling a juke joint box in the corner. Tro- yeah. yeah, so then it repeats. I think we sleuthed it out, Paul. I think we did it. Case closed. Nailed it. Um, I also, <laughs> I love the bit at the end where the voices layer on top of each other. The song breaks into that mad jam. And now that's when I felt like this could have actually been taken further. And it was a bit that I was hoping got taken further on the record when we heard those little first drips and drabs of the album come out of the 10 year celebration. But in the end, I like the song anyway, and I think it works. I would have kept cranking the tempo and cranking it and cranking it and cranking it faster, 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 but whatever. We get that scream with the big guitar at the end where Jack just goes, ah, yeah. you know, and it's that is so good. It's really nice. fantastic opening song i was so happy to hear it though i heard most of the songs early i never got sick of them this one included very exciting start to this new album agreed and james i think that's where we're gonna leave it this week for part one of help us stranger album analysis and review we'll be back with some of the album release details anything else we missed in the artwork we're also going to go over the rest of the songs but james Mm. For now, we have a very special third man segment for this week. James, you and Dad conducted an interview. Yes, a job interview. I'm applying for... Uh, You're yeah. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we interviewed you and Ryan Brady from the Take It Away podcast about an exciting new venture that you both are getting into, new podcast that uh, you guys have already launched at this point called Now Hear This. So we, we interviewed you guys and uh, talk a little bit about that show and about the premise and get get to know you both as a as a duo. Yeah. Well, what do we what do you what do you say we get to that uh, little interview there now? Let's go do that here now. No, this is how we're starting the, the oh, show. Oh, good uh, God. Welcome to this segment in which, What's we're, going on? <laughs> with which we're talking with Paul and Ryan about their brand new show, Now Hear This. Paul and Ryan, how are both of you doing? I've taken over this interview. I don't, I, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. I was going to say you should be afraid, but I'm going to die. I'm going to be very I'm going to listen to Paul. Paul's my boss <laughs> on the show and I do what he says because he gets very angry. Uh, Ryan, you're having a wonderful day. I'm having a great day today. Yeah, when the day we're recording this is uh, a release day in the music business. And what will go wrong will definitely go wrong on a release day in the music business. So it's just whack-a-mole. But I'm having a good time. I'm happy to be here with you guys. Oh, good. Just ask Ringo from Bad Boy. (laughs) (laughs) And that voice you're hearing right now is our father and yours, including Ryan's father now at this point, Wayne Kaminsky. (laughs) my new dad. (laughs) Wow. 
Now Hear This is your guys' new podcast in which you each listen to a recommended record, correct? Yes. And come back and discuss this said record, usually new to one of y'all. Well, you know, we've both been on separate shows where we're focusing in on one very specific artist and the episodes are one very specific album for one artist and it attracts a certain type of audience that is only interested in one thing and we thought well you know what if we talk about different artists you know what a novel idea uh, for that (laughs) and i don't know it just came from a lot of conversations paul and i have a lot of fun when we record together and it's quick if the episode's an hour, you're probably only recording for an hour and two minutes or something like that. Yeah. So it was just easy, you know? Yeah. I think I approached you because I was a fan, big fan of uh, your show, Ryan, Take It Away. And that's that's oh, how we met. I was I was listening to your show. And yeah. everyone on this call right now is a big fan of Take It Away. And if anyone listening to this interview right now has not heard that show, definitely check it out. It's a the complete Paul McCartney archive podcast where they go through every Paul McCartney record. And everyone on this phone call is also a gigantic Paul McCartney fan. That is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 60 feet tall. <laughs> I am the largest Paul McCartney fan there is. You're 5911. Don't come don't give me that. I like Pete best. Well, what a wonderful segue, 60 Feet Tall. James and I host a Jack White podcast. That's that's a song Jack does. And so James and I do a similar thing to take it away, although our topics are a little more varied. Ryan, you and Chris Mercer, your co-host tend to stick to album by album going through. Yeah. But I quite like the album approach. And sometimes James and I do that. And then Dad, the show that you do that James and I help produce is uh, Yesterday and Today. And that is more of a chronology of Beatles history. And so between the four of us, we've listened to a lot of different podcasts. We make a lot of different podcasts. And mm-hmm. when Ryan and I got together, we were trying to think of a different way to approach maybe a multi-artist show, as Ryan said. So what we do is... We've each taken six albums that are important to us individually, respectively, and we share them with the other one. And then we go back and forth and trade off albums. So what you're going to hear on each episode of Now Hear This is a different record by a different artist, and one of us will be very passionate about that record, and one of us (laughs) will be coming in completely cold and... At the time of this recording, Ryan and I have gone through 10 episodes. Uh, we've recorded 10 episodes. Yeah. And let me tell you, some of these get a little contentious. Mm-hmm. Some of these are just straight up love festivals. Yes. And then sometimes we don't even know what to make of these albums. That's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. You can make them into a hat or a brooch. <laughs> Sorry. I have a question for both of you. Yes, Dad. Okay. Will there be any type of range for the albums that you'll be reviewing, whether they be through the 60s on upward, or will you be going backwards in time as well and looking at different artists, say, the Hoagie Carmichaels or the Gene Autrys and those type of things? You know, there's a couple records that date pre-60 for me. I don't think I'm going to dig those out until a later season. My idea of that show is limitless. It's no limit. The record could come out the week before. I was texting Paul, hey, can I change one out? You know, And we were like, no, no, let's stick to the script because, yeah, I just want to be as flexible as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has to be a record that means something to one of us. So I would say as far as pre-60s material, I'm not listening to a whole lot of albums that are from that era because it also has to be an album proper. And I feel like the album as a as an idea really gained prominence in the 60s. So you really, you might not see too much before that 
or if you do, it would be more of like a collection of songs like those are right. early Elvis records or early rock and roll records. But what's your favorite Hoagie Carmichael album, Paul? Go. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, the best uh, one. Yeah. Uh, but the best one's his favorite one. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's a character in Jaws 3. <laughs> but so, so I think the records that we've mainly chosen, at least for this first season, are sticking to. Well, actually, we ran kind of a pretty tight gamut. We've got at least 160s in there, at least 170s in there, at least 180s. Definitely an 80s one in there. I think we skipped the 90s, but we definitely have a bunch post-2000 and even a couple modern records. So, yeah, like Ryan says, it's very flexible, limitless in that capacity. And, you know, eventually we may want to branch out outside just the album form proper. But I think for right now, we're sticking in that album idea. How did you guys come up with the name Now Hear This? Oh, man. Well, Ryan, maybe we can tag team this one, but... sure. When we were discussing the show originally, we batted around a couple different ideas for names. We had, what was the first one? We had Take the Wheel was yes. what was the first idea. When when the show was going to be us driving around listening to these albums. But, but then we learned quickly that when you record a podcast in a car and then people listen to the podcast that's recorded into the car, it freaks them out. When they hear traffic noise, <laughs> they think they're getting yeah. honked at, and they're actually not. <laughs> so we didn't... Yeah. Uh, this this idea intrigues me greatly, of one person being very passionate and the other kind of coming to it fresh. Are you guys going to be including any possible guest appearances? Are you looking to branch out into having other people bring their favorite albums on? Or are you guys trying to stick to just, for now, just for you guys? I think season one, for the most part, we are kicking around a surprise idea for the end of the season one or series one, however you want to say it. I'm open. If I can dig somebody out from the closet of some lost album that wants to talk about it. (laughs) You know, like I think of the Denny Lane stuff on Take It Away. And we're like, hey, what about this album from 86? Oh, I haven't thought about that since 1987, you know, (laughs) that type of thing. I I definitely would. Interesting. We've got a surprise or two kicking around. We we have talked about, yeah, we've talked about something in that vein. But we're we're uh, we're still working out the details on that. For right now, it's uh, it's mainly just Ryan and I. And you know, we hope that one of us will be the everyman point of view in the thing. So yeah. if people who are listening to the show haven't heard whatever album yet, they will have that perspective of somebody coming at it completely new. And I think that's the idea is to make sure that we're introducing new music to people. But honestly, that's a really hard thing to do. Like, have you ever actually tried to introduce music to somebody? It's super tough. Yep. So one of, and not to mention podcasts. uh, So thank you all for listening. But um, (laughs) it's super tough to introduce people to music because you, you know, people like what they like and they have their tastes and it's really hard to break that. And what I love about this show personally is I am now forced to listen to records I would never have thought to listen to or maybe would never have gotten around to listening to. And I've gotten to know artists that I would now consider my favorites yeah. uh, just through mm-hmm. Ryan giving me music. And so it's a great musical exchange in that way. And it gives you at least a, a little bit of a parameter to like, hey, start here kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Well, on the idea of giving music to somebody else, I know for me, nostalgia sometimes plays a factor. And I could, when giving music to somebody else, look at that through a more critical eye and go, oh, maybe this album isn't so great. Has that ever factored into any of these decisions? Like, has nostalgia goggles gotten all fogged up in the process? For me, that happened in the selection phase where I made a list 
and then I pushed a bunch of things into what I mean hopefully is our season two and I haven't looked at that mm-hmm. list in a while and then I looked at it the other day and I'm like yeah I think I'm going to delete a couple of those <laughs> so yeah me too it's me more <laughs> it's it's knowing I have to talk to Paul about give knowing what we've done already the research you have to do and then if you're the expert you're carrying I'm, I'm not saying the other guy's not doing any work but you're ca- you're leading the episode you're carrying it you need to come prepared because there's going to be somebody listening that goes well that's not true that's i'm actually an expert on this album and blah blah blah, blah which i wouldn't mind at all either yeah but it's a wild sensation and i don't know paul if you've had this where i'll be sitting there and paul will be leading an episode and i feel like i'm listening to a podcast and then all of a sudden i realize oh wait no i'm recording a podcast and i get to talk <laughs> so it's wild yeah yeah and we've also recorded most of these in the same room together that's a different kind of vibe to where you're watching the other person in the meat space james as i know you call it as i yeah you and i have only recorded in the same room together once maybe twice it, uh, i think twice if you count the florida experience in which dad was also there that's right that's right it's weird one incident, there was a wafting smell of chicken covered in butter coming from my oven, That's if right. I recall correctly, and that tainted the whole thing. That's getting off into a tangent, but... Chicken and butter? What's wrong with that? We were also pretty loaded for that one, as I recall. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's that would be it. Though. Oh, the butter smell was overwhelming, Ryan. I assure you, it was not pleasant. <laughs> yes, and especially going in and editing these, I find myself just sort of sitting there, like, listening to Ryan talk and being totally fixated on the story and interested in the story of how the album came about. And then suddenly I'm there talking and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot I'm on this thing. Oh yeah. I'm part of this production. Neat. Whoa. I get to say something dumb and make a fart joke. Right. (laughs) Right. There are a lot of of mature jokes when I go back and I listen, I go, wow, I wonder, I wonder what kind of trouble we're going to get into for this. And good. That's good marketing. <laughs> Have you listened to episode four yet, Ryan? That one gets pretty sketchy. No, I, I, I have them all loaded up and prepared. Even that Todd episode, I was like, whoa, <laughs> hey now, guys. Yeah. Let's give it a little sneak peek into some of the music that you guys are... Uh including do you guys want to tell us about some of that that you have coming up or do you want to save that as a surprise i mean let's talk let's talk about the first one at, at least ryan or should we talk about the first two maybe sure give them a taste right isn't that what drug dealers do <laughs> give them a taste yeah first one's free way back in time someone said try some i tried some now buy some i bought some So the first one is a album Ryan brought to the table for me to listen to called A Wizard, A True Star by Todd Rundgren. And this one was an eye-opener for me because I have been looking for an entry point for Todd Rundgren for a long time and never really found one that I glommed onto. So this one really blew my mind. It's a weird record and yeah. I think that leads to some very interesting conversation about it. Because again, I'm coming in this cold. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, I didn't like Todd Rundgren in the beginning. His solo material, Hello, It's Me and all that stuff. I got really into him, as I did with David Bowie when he quit all his solo stuff and joined the band and wasn't up front. And that was Utopia. And that's right. why I loved Utopia. I used to go and see him in New York. And they were fantastic. Wow. Most of Todd Rundgren, I remember from high school back in 72, was glam rock. And 
you know, the people that were in my high school, my circle of friends, we did not listen too much to glam rock. I mean, we heard it, we were aware of it, but we didn't really right. think about it. I know Todd used to dress up and put on all kinds of different outfits during his concerts, similar to Bowie and what Bowie did. And, you know, we all looked at it and questioned it. So I'm interested in hearing your take on it many years later and what the uh, album means to you as a newer generation. Well, that's very interesting because that kind of segues into exactly what this podcast can do for not only Paul and Ryan, but for the everyday listener is kind of give a comfortable, safe intellectual, let's say, uh, space. Watch yourself. Uh, to, Watch yourself. <laughs> to, um, to introduce new music to somebody on what that person would consider the best foot forward. Like, there was a lot of music in school that was similar to, Dad, your Todd Rundgren experience, where there was a certain crowd that liked a certain type of music, didn't really segue into the, the people I was kind of hanging around with. So I may have avoided that type of music because I wasn't introduced to it properly or with any kind of passion or, you know, I didn't have the right introduction. And uh, something like this could bring about uh, some new some new perspectives into some new music. Yeah, to, to what you're saying, it's a safe space to hear new music. Yeah. Because sometimes, yeah, you look at something like, for example, Frank Zappa. I would love for somebody to just hand me a Frank Zappa record or two and go, here you go. Here's how you start this madness. Because if you pick the wrong Zappa record, you're it's over. And I've done that a bunch of times where I feel like I go to touch the oven and it's on and I burn myself. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll try touching the oven again. Nope. That's a bunch of jazz that I can't understand. No thanks. That's a good analogy of uh, Frank Zappa. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. It's about the blunts he doesn't smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, I know you struggled with one of the artists just on a genre level that I brought to the fold at one point. Should should we tease that one? I know it's a little later on down the line, but do you want to... No, no, no. Yeah, I uh, for the longest time, and I don't know if it's. I'm from the Midwest. I'm from the suburbs of Chicago, and there's a certain group of people that love country and Western music or the Nashville sound. And Paul handed me something. I'm like, oh God, <laughs> so much of slide guitars and those acoustic guitars or those metal things. I don't even know what the hell they're called. And it's like, oh Christ. And then I, you, you put the album on. It's like, oh shit, this is actually great. I I wish I wasn't such an idiot. I wish I had dug into this material more before because I went on a really enjoyable ride for something that I didn't think that I would like. And I would hope that if you are ready to take a risk and want to hear something new, just put our episode on and maybe you'll have a whole new genre. It happened to me. Might happen to you. And it can happen to you. Uh. (laughs) Well, and, and James, like you were saying, in high school, there were some artists that I just didn't or dead, like you were saying too. Like there was just some artists that I didn't feel like I related to at all, was not interested, was confused by, or just, you know, wrote them off. And Ryan gave me a record by one of those artists and I gained a whole new appreciation for that artist. And so, yeah, I think this is part of it is I I feel like I've mainly been talking about how this show has helped us and kind of like, whatever, listen to it. Maybe who cares? We're having fun. But like it, I found it to be kind of an educational, fun experience. Uh, It's now here. Therapy uh, (laughs) is the new name of the show. Well, that's key. And as I said before, I probably never listened to the entire album before the Todd Rundgren one. Yeah. So 
listening to the entire album was interesting. It's a trip, right? It made me bring out my old Todd Rundgren albums and think about it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Success. We got dad. You're next, listener. Oops, wrong planet. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, guys, we got dad. (laughs) You got dad to think about it, which is a start. It's good. It's a good start. When is your new podcast going to begin? Well, that's a great question. So we are planning on launching episode one, September 29th of this year, which is 2019. So the year of our Lord, yeah, the year of our Lord, George Harrison. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. This is just a little color that you'd hear on the now hear this podcast. And frankly, all of our podcasts. Yeah. So we're launching September 29th. We're going to be weekly and the show is going to run for the entirety of those 12 albums we've picked out for season one on a weekly basis. And then we may have a little bit of a surprise at the end there. But yeah, we're we're launching on September 29th. And James, you've mm. been wonderful. You've designed all of the artwork for this show, which has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Anybody who's a fan of James Kaminsky's artwork can uh, check out that lovely stuff on our social media pages. <laughs> uh Thank you. Uh, designed is a strong word, but I, uh, I am glad to have helped. In conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for telling us about your new show. It sounds exciting, amazing, and I'm really looking forward to listening to it, diving deep into it, and uh, learning about some new music, because Paul has always been the one to throw new music at me. I know how it feels, Ryan, so you're not alone. He, is, he has walked <laughs> oh, me God. through a lot of this. Uh, so I'm excited to hear some stuff that Paul's bringing to you. And Ryan, I'm excited to hear some stuff that you're bringing to him. And you guys can check it out. September 29th, Now Hear This, available wherever podcasts are available. Yeah, we'll go with that. Available. Yeah, I concur. Well, thanks, guys. Yeah. And you know what? Both of the shows that you put together, I love them. They're great. And I'll tell this anecdote because I've told it a couple times. And now I know, you know, you hear these PR stories over and over again. The guys say the same story and I actually get it. So I'm on the Paul McCartney, one of the forums, one of the online forums. Yeah. <laughs> Our podcast actually started off as Scrambled Eggs. Well, great title, right? So I'm on one of these forums reading my own reviews because that's the kind of weirdo I am. And then I'm scrolling down like, oh, yeah, take it away. That's a pretty good show. That's all right. These guys are interesting. Some hate us. And then I all of a sudden I see, you know, what's a better show? <laughs> it's is a show called Yesterday and Today. And I'm like, oh, come on, seriously. But it's true. It's so thorough and it's well put together. And it's a, it's a huge testament to the Beatles. And everybody needs to listen to that. So I just wanted to say that before we wrap up. And listen to Take It Away also, because that show is fantastic and dives deep into the McCartney catalog, which, uh, you know, more people should have their hearts opened up to in general. I agree. And you know, you can skip the third man altogether. You yeah, can just no, pass him we, we talk about just, turkeys way too often for us. There's to like a turkey to. thing. It's <laughs> a whole thing. Uh, but for third men listeners out there, I'll give a little bit of a hint of one of the albums we are going to be covering this season, and it will not be a spoiler to anyone else but those in the know. But you might just find ourselves sitting on this fence <laughs> listening to one of these albums. I, I get it. Oh, boy. One of my favorites. One of my, I like that one a lot. Spoiler alert. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, yes. guys. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Uh, well, let's get back to all of our shows. All right. Back to work. Back to work. <laughs> back to the pod factory. Now hear this. It's working. 
Thank you and Dad for interviewing Ryan and I. We're really excited about the new show, Now Hear This. You know, for any of you wondering out there, we are still working on the Save by the Bell one. Yes. That's going a little slower with the children, you see, mm. in the mix. But we are uh, getting there. And in the meantime, you have uh, weekly episodes of Now Hear This. Before the interview, you had mentioned, James, that the show has officially launched at the time of the recording of this episode and so i think there will be two episodes available for people to check out and i hope you do because we're going to cover a lot of cool stuff in this season one of now hear this and we got a lot of cool things in store so thank you james uh for doing that that was super nice of you yes and all y'all should go out there and listen to now hear this so that you can now hear that because it's great and those guys are hilarious and we are they're both very funny the show is definitely 100 percent of comedy and um <laughs> if you enjoy this show you will enjoy that one especially if you enjoy also yesterday and today you'll enjoy that one i think i think you'll get a kick out of it everybody go check it out but for now we would like to give a couple shout outs to some people who are listening and talking with us over the the vast vast interwebs uh up in cyberspace yeah, the sea of cyber that you're sailing your listenership uh, upon. Yeah, the listenership. I forgot all about that. So we'd like to thank uh, Jeffrey Robert. Jeffrey R. Robert. Thank you, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. We'd also like to thank Anne Frattini, Joe Wheeler, Trish Barton, Michael Drux, Marwin Wholesale and Distribution. <laughs> Thanks <laughs> for commenting. Niall... C-A... Niall C-A? I think I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe not. Niall Say? Sure. One of those. John <laughs> Cartmill, Nicholas Mann, Kieran Locke, Shane Devon, Eric Bacon, Catherine Paradis? Paradis. Sure. A.D. Roundtree, a friend of the actual us and slash family member. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. All you new listeners out there, we'd also like to give a shout out to some of our regular listeners. The Shane Ben Jam Session, or the Shane Boy you've always known. Thank you, Shane. We have Melissa Swinka, who's part of the Melistocracy. We have uh, Fido Hicks, the Flying Veto. Kate McCoy, the Bones of the Operation. Kate got a really cool gift from the Tours, actually, that we saw in the Thinking Persons group. You should all yes. check out the Thinking Persons group. because So we're really happy for Kate there, and, uh, and uh, we love Kate. We support Kate. Uh, big Kate fans. Joe shaking all over. Yvette Wilkins on Sunshine. Thank you, everybody. And uh, if you'd like to be a part of the shout-outs that we do on this year's program, you can contact us on social media at facebook.com slash thirdmen. You can follow us on Twitter at thirdmencast. You can hit us up on Tumblr, thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. You can go to our website, thethirdmen.wordpress.com. Uh, you can send us an email, thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> You can send us an email, thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Our show is on Pippa. Our show comes to you courtesy of Pippa. Pippa's wonderful Pippa hosts all three of our current podcasts, the uh, Yesterday and Today podcast, the Third Men podcast, and now hear this, all courtesy of Pippa. Uh, James uh, wants to uh, bone down with Pippa. They say there's a Pippa inside of all of us. No one says that, stranger. The fiction that we've constructed is that I love Pippa romantically, uh, so please <laughs> support Pippa. I think is what I'm tr you can find us on there. If you're interested in starting a podcast, which is neither cheap nor easy, you can you do so on Pippa. It's uh, and it makes it a little bit of both. You can find us on YouTube. 
youtube.com slash C slash the third men podcast rate review and subscribe on iTunes. And most importantly, it will, you, you'll hear an ad for it at the end of the show here. But as we mentioned earlier in this rundown here, podcasting is neither cheap nor easy. And we have set up a Patreon page that you can donate to if you want to help support the show. It could be as much or as little as you feel that you can throw in. Literally anything that you want to send us is greatly appreciated. This show is free. We want to keep it free. And we're not interested in charging anyone for anything. But if you would like to donate, it would be it'd be super cool of you. We've had some people, even since the last time, James, I'm going to read off some of these donors here. We have Joe Shaken. Thank you very much. Brett Garski. Thank you so much. Luke Sinclair. Tam Davis. Kate McCoy, Yvette Wilkins. In fact, our first donation was from Brenda Engelhart. And Brenda doesn't usually interact with us. And that was so sweet of Brenda. Thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you very much. That was so, so cool of you. Should we come um, up with a nickname for the Patreon people? Oh, do we, sh- we should shout out the Patreon people every episode. Yes. Okay. So Brenda, oh boy, Engelhart. Uh, Angle. There's got to be a lyric with heart in it. I want to be the boy to warm your angle heart. Yeah, I like huh? that. I want to be the Brenda to warm your angle heart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. Oh no, I don't like that. Well, yeah. Well, James, with that, you're gonna scare them away. <laughs> I want to be the podcaster to warm your angle heart. Okay. Yeah, that's not so bad. You know, it's not so bad. It's, it's we've seen better. But. We'd also like to thank a couple people who have donated via PayPal, which you could do that as well. It's just under my email address, which is uh, Paul Cartoonist with a K at Gmail dot com. You send us uh, if you if you'd prefer instead of going through Patreon, you can do that with uh, PayPal dot com. We'd like to thank Tracy Gong, Tracy. Wow, Tracy, that took us by surprise. We are eternally grateful very very nice thank you so much for your donation yes. on paypal and and tam we uh, we know that you're you've opted for paypal as well so everybody thank you so much it's awkward for us to even be talking about money or anything like that but we've reached a point right now where we you know we we're very grateful for our audience and we're we're looking to you guys for some help and and you've given it to us so thank you for everybody who has and for tracy gong how about this now that you're gone now that you're gong. <laughs> this is what you're paying for. <laughs> We're sorry. We're so sorry. <laughs> what will you do now that you're gong? Uh, we'll, make, we'll make better shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll make... Well, that didn't take long. <laughs> no, it did not. Uh, thank you all uh, once again. Did we name everybody? We did. We, we didn't say, thank Sam Kubert well, and Tom Lundy for the help in the recording I, of our theme song. I was the third gonna man. get to them, and thank you to Susanna Roundtree <laughs> for the wonderful uh, intros and outros of our program. And Paul, I think that'll do it for this episode. I can't believe we recorded the whole thing. I can't believe I recorded the whole thing. Is the T-shirt should, I bought? Should that be the the new sign off? I don't think it's going to be. Well, maybe. <laughs> well, on that wonderful note, I will be looking for a home whew, with a stranger. <laughs> and I will be looking for a home inside of all of us. <laughs> Never mind, get me out of this home. 
Bye. See you next time. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at thirdmencast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. It's just going to be a couple of dudes, you know, kicking back, chilling out, and asking some other dudes some cool questions. <laughs> it's yeah, man on man on dad on man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that does not sound good. <laughs> Hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us. My, my, my jackpot, dude. <laughs> Uh, beans. I don't know what we're gonna talk. Well, I guess I'll just. Uh, it's a stop. Stop breaking down. Oh, okay. Guy. Yeah. Well, hey, bud. Uh, unlike me, I'm never, never that way with with the explanations. Or right now. Anyway, James, you're doing great. Um, oof. So that's debatable. Uh, Morning House Beach holdovers, and it even in the uh, in some of these interviews that they some of these interviews that they do. In some of these interviews that they, some of these interviews that they do, Broken Boy gotten another band together. Do you want to venture Broken Boy Soldiers, basically? And so, and no, you can't play with the pen. This album is the band's first number one record. So the recording began in the fall. You know, they're feeling pretty. Boarding House Reach was really the shocker moment where he- That's one thing Brandon talked Get that vibe hearing the songs. I think this- I think this album just had to- Well, she found an electronic noise there. And then Brendan- And then Brent- and then Brendan wrote the br- Uh, we have uh, something incoming on the podcast field, Paul. Striped, the story of the White Stripes podcast. Where did that come from? Third Man Records and Misfire. Oh. I just find it funny that all these years later, a Jack White, not side project, but a... Uh, 
Long come with the baby cow. Long come with this. You want to play with it? Yeah. Play with the baby cow. Baby cow. I clunk you on the head. I clunk you on the head with the baby cow. Uh, hold on, Ariel's calling <laughs> me now. Hey. Finish, uh, finish those songs. And they're feeling, and they're feeling pretty positive about it. So, <laughs> so I think, so I think that that could lead to another album in the very near future, James. <laughs> I love that the corn on the cob made a return, too. I, you, you lifted her up and she had it back. I was like, what? Um, it's the same. to get new product. Old song. <laughs> With the different... Uh, everyone, if you're listening at home and you're hearing some huffing and puffing and chewing noises. That is my daughter eating a piece of corn on the cob. Mm. Um. I think that was the fastest start of call to count in we've ever done. I told you, Paul, yes. it's called uh, professionalism. Let's go back to our song. Hey, everybody. Paul here with a quick message for you. As James and I mentioned many times on the show, this podcast is 100% not-for-profit and a labor of our love for music. We pride ourselves in bringing you interesting, timely content as we have these past 100-plus episodes. Podcasting is, however, a weirdly expensive process. And we actually lose money on hosting, time, equipment, advertising, and all the other little things that we need to do to make these shows for you. So, to help break even on some expenses like those, James and I have set up a Patreon account where you can, if you like, chip in a few bucks to help keep the lights on. It can be as much or as little as you can swing, and all donations are greatly appreciated. The last thing we want to do is hound anybody for cash, so just know that listening to our show is always payment enough. But if you would like to help us out, that would be amazing. All right, that's all from me. Remember, you can head to patreon.com slash thirdmenpodcast, and a huge thank you to everyone who's donated already. All right, everybody, I'll see you on the show. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. You are all invited to join us on a magical mystery trip through the lives of the Beatles every week on the Yesterday and Today podcast. This show details the chronological journey of the world's most famous band using music, interviews, and rarities collected since the debut of John, Paul, George, and Ringo onto the world stage. We're a fan-made production, and we're available now on iTunes and wherever you find your podcasts. So sit back, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show.